0: Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them
1: bites. Thanks for joining us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, just a single story long, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some great storytelling. And we've got some great storytelling for you today. We want to remind you that we bring you just a few of these bites each week uh, in preparation for our full hour-long episode. Drop That Happens on Thursdays. And, of course, this Thursday, tune in for a terrific story from the wonderful North Carolina story. Storyteller Donna Washington recorded live in the Appleseed Studio. She'll tell a rollicking tale called *Bastianello* that you won't want to miss. And you'll also hear a readers' theater presentation of a scene from the Lewis Carroll classic *Through the Looking Glass*. If you're an Alice fan, you'll love what you'll hear there. Be sure to join us on Thursday—that's tomorrow—for uh, Donna Washington *Through the Looking Glass* and more. In the meantime, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by one of our assistant producers, Lacey Ivey. Lacey, thanks for joining me.
0: It's good to be here.
1: And let's talk about what we're going to hear on uh, today's Appleseed Bite. We're going to kind of go Texan here, aren't
0: we? Oh yeah, a little bit. (laughs) We're going to hear a story from Donna Ingham, and she presents this wonderful story from her life with her and her son and her family in this little vacation that they take to go see some horses. (laughs) She kind of adds her own little bit of a twist to it, which I think, you know, is the purpose of reflecting on memories,
1: making them a little bit fun. (laughs) That's right. And for context, Donna Ingham has a a trophy case full of trophies from uh, Liars contests, tall tale contests that she uh, frequently participates in and frequently wins. She's also an English professor, and it's always a pleasure for us to bring you a Donna Ingham tale. This one's called Chow, y'all. Here's Donna Ingham on the Appleseed.
2: Our summers are divided into three parts anticipation, vacation, and recuperation. That middle part, the vacationing. Now, we've done some of that with our boy C.Y. and his sweet young thing of a wife, Stephanie Michelle. Family vacations, you know. Sometimes we go places in the car, and C.Y. always wants to drive. He likes to drive, even if he's not quite sure where he's going. One time we'd driven a good long ways on a vacation trip, and Stephanie got to study in the map. "'I think we're lost,' she said. "'All that doesn't matter,' C.Y. says, "'as long as we're making good time. "'You do have to admire his attitude. "'We tried a cruise once, but we had to give up on that "'since Stephanie and I discovered that the mere dripping of a faucet "'is enough to make us seasick. "'One summer a while back, we signed up for a tour of Italy. "'We spent most of our time in Tuscany, famous for its good food,' C.Y. likes to eat just about as well as he likes to drive. We checked into our hotel in the Tuscan Hills and noticed a sign on the front desk. English spoken, American understood. C.Y. in his best Texan American asked the desk clerk, What time do y'all serve meals around here? The desk clerk replied right quick. Breakfast is served from 7 to 11, lunch from 12 to 3, and dinner from six to nine. Well, dang, C.Y. said. That doesn't leave much time for sightseeing, does it? But sightsee we did. We did most of our traveling on a big old bus, a motor coach, the tour director called it, but it was a bus. There were a couple dozen people in the group, including us, all being led around by one tour director named Babara she was a stickler about punctuality if you missed the bus in the morning you got left behind if you missed the bus in the evening you had to make your own way back to the hotel but i carried a pink umbrella that's what we were to watch for when we were in crowded places which we frequently were the problem was that every tour director in italy carries an umbrella most of them pink there must have been a sale So one day when we were touring in Siena, we followed the wrong pink umbrella and wound up getting lost. You see, it was really, really crowded in Siena because we happened to get there on the day of the big horse race. Il Palio, they call it. The town square, the piazza, was so full of people, they were getting in one another's snapshots. We took a lot of pictures, of course, and Stephanie stayed busy posting a good many of them on Facebook. One caption she wrote said, These are some of the ruins in Italy, including some in our tour group. Now, since we were the oldest two people in that tour group, we tried not to be offended. I should tell you that Siena's town square is not really square. It's fan-shaped, making it real easy to go in semicircles which we did when we followed the wrong pink umbrella and got lost. We commenced looking down every little narrow, curving street hoping to see some sign of our tour group and Babara's pink umbrella. Directly, though, we fell in behind some drummers and flag bearers we figured were part of the Il Paleo celebration, hoping they were headed for the piazza. They weren't. And we found ourselves moving, apparently, deeper into the outer recesses of the city. Finally, they got to what must have been their own neighborhood, and that's when we saw the horses. As I understand it, every little district, every little section of Siena, at least ten of them, has its own entry in the horse race. And, of course, it's all very competitive well, there were three horses in a little corral there, and one of them was clearly the racehorse, all gussied up with little colored streamers off its bridle. No saddle. They ride bareback in Sienna. Then CY had an idea. He's just full of em. Let's see if we can rent those other two horses and follow that one, pointing to the racehorse, back to the piazza. Seemed like a good idea to the rest of us. So we commenced to negotiate in our best-phrase book Italian with the help of a bystander who spoke pretty fair English. The horse's owner wanted to know if we could ride. Can we ride? Can we ride? Is the Pope Catholic? Do Italians love pasta? We're Texans. Of course we can ride. Just in case, though, see I was over-coaching Stephanie a little. Now, getting on a horse is real easy, sweet thing. Just remember, though, you can mount from only one side because a horse likes to be mounted from only one side. Now, the left side is right, and the right side is wrong, so you're right to be left and wrong to be right, unless, of course, you're standing in front of the horse, in which case your right would be the horse's left. By this time, Stephanie has vaulted onto the horse and says, Mount up, cowboy, let's ride. He does, and they do. So off we go, the deal having been struck. Riding double, riding bareback, following the racehorse that's following the drummers and the flags. There were lots of people lining the streets, waving little flags and shouting encouragement. It was plumb festive. Sure enough, we made it to the piazza, where there were even more people, throngs of people. We threaded our way through the crowd and headed for our bus, parked very near the starting line of the race. My husband and I managed to parallel park our horse alongside the bus, but C.Y. was having trouble getting his horse to turn around. Thinking to expedite matters, Stephanie gave that horse a good swift kick in the flanks, which so startled the beast that it gave a great crow hop, throwing Stephanie way up in the air. When she came down, she landed seated on C.Y.'s shoulders, looking just like a rodeo trick rider. In the interim, the rent horse had sidled over next to its racehorse corral mate at the starting line, and at the sound of the gun, they were off! All eleven horses, C.Y.'s and Stephanie's included. At first, C.Y. pulled on the reins to try to stop or turn his mount, but he succeeded only in moving it back to fourth place on the outside. By the time the racers had completed one turn around the piazza, they were headed into the final lap and the rent horse had its eye on the prize and was moving up. Our tour group had gotten into the spirit of the thing as well. Come on, CY, come on, Stephanie! As for Stephanie, well, she's a competitive girl, she is. So she had assumed an aerodynamic posture with her arms thrust back and her head thrust forward looking for all the world like some kind of vintage hood ornament. Well, it was a photo finish. And some say they got robbed, that they won by a nose. Unfortunately, the judges determined it was Stephanie's nose. So they only came in second. But they made it back to the bus and boarded before Barbara shut the door. And now they're thinking about going back next year to try for first place. ¶¶
1: Donna Ingham with a delightful story about, well, essentially about family vacations, right? Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. (laughs) Those are important.
1: (laughs) That's right. Lacey Ivy, uh, it's been fun to listen to this story with you. Thanks for bringing it to us. And where does this story take you?
0: You Now, as I was listening to this story, it just kind of brought me back to... The true importance that it is to spend time with your family and to just have fun with them because I think we get caught up with a lot of crazy things in life and it's worth it to just reflect on those memories like that and maybe add a little fun twist every now and then and make it a little bigger than it usually seems to be. Like I can remember moments with my sister growing up as we were young children and Everything we probably did was really small, but in our minds, it was huge. I can remember, like, climbing our little tiny tree in our front yard and thinking we were on top of a mountain and little <laughs> things like that. Just those small moments or even the big family vacations, like, those things are so important in families and I love that she just takes the time to reflect on a memory
1: like that and to give it so much meaning. Even with the elaboration. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I think about family vacations, you know, they they, they often don't turn out perfectly, you know, Mm -hmm. but those imperfections and the difficulties and things like that somehow kind of soften over time, you know, and you wind Mm -hmm. up traveling through the rest of your life with these memories that are, Uh, positive or humorous. You know, some of the difficult things just take on the tone of humor Mm -hmm. as time passes, you know, and we we seldom uh, recognize some of the important things that are happening to us as they're happening. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and as time goes by, we realize the importance of those things, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, I love your admonition to to, to n- n- not only spend time with your family, but also to mark it, right? And to, and to notice that time and capture it and keep it as a story as those things are happening. Uh, 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 a pleasure to have had you with me, Lacey. Thanks so much for joining me and for bringing us this Donna Ingham tale.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) And, of course, join us uh, tomorrow for Donna Washington, recorded live in the Appleseed studio with a terrific story called Bastianello. That and also a Reader's Theater presentation of a scene from the Lewis Carroll classic, Through the Looking Glass. You won't want to miss a word. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed.
0: Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.